0: Today's scripture is from John 20, verses 19 through 31. Jesus appears to the disciples. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. The purpose of this book. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The word of God for the people of God.
1: Thank be to God. Lord, we thank you for your word that never changes but always changes us. Let us hear it. Let us receive it. Make us the disciples, you expect us to be by it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Yes, it is time to stand up and shout and dance and sing like Al. It's time to get happy feet. Y'all ever had happy feet? Where you just couldn't contain yourself, you had to do something, you had to get up and get all the wiggles out. Today is that day, because today we see the disciples of Jesus Christ meeting together for the first time after the resurrection of Jesus. And you know there is going to be some power on display now. I mean, those gathered disciples, these are the apostles themselves. And they are going to face the world and the power of resurrection. And when they are done, the whole world will be proclaiming Jesus as Lord. I mean, think about it. The streets of Jerusalem must be teeming with the great throngs who have left their homes to get in the streets, all to shout, Hallelujah! To the Lord our God, to Christ our King. I mean, my goodness, how often is it you encounter an empty tomb? This is huge news. With the glory of the resurrection glowing all over the land, even the pharaohs and the, 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 the Caesars, must be falling on their knees in praise. And the Pharisees and Sadducees tucking their tails and running for their lives. So we open God's word on this glorious day when we're all ready to celebrate and get those happy feet. And what do we find? A bunch of disciples hiding in a locked room with a door, uh, with a chair propped up against the door under the doorknob. But all is not lost. Jesus appears. And we all know that when Jesus appears, now we're going to see something. It's going like, to be like a director called Action. And things get started. Well, Jesus appears. I mean, a man killed is standing in front of them, very much alive, having walked through walls to be with them. Now things are going to get good. And in a normal tone of voice, Jesus says, Receive the Holy Spirit. When he stopped speaking, there was nothing but silence. There were no words. There was not even a thank you. This is a Pentecost story. So, where is the power? Where are the tongues of flame, the rushing wind we are so fond of hearing about? This Pentecost is so quiet. There's no sermon. There's no baptism. There are no signs and wonders. No 5,000 people giving their lives to Jesus that day. Frankly, it's all a bit disappointing. Let's be honest. If I had not told you that this was a Pentecost moment, Jesus saying, receive the Holy Spirit, and then breathing on them, that's Pentecost, folks. But if I had not told you that, would you have even realized that this was a Pentecost moment. And it just goes from bad to worse. Jesus Jesus breathes the Holy Spirit into them and gives them their mission. Is it to baptize the world? Yeah. Preach to the world? Yeah. Teach everybody? Yes. The world is your parish. Did Jesus say something wonderful like that? Mm. Make disciples. Transform the world. What great mission does Jesus give them? Forgive sins. Forgive sins. What about preaching or singing? We don't want Al's voice to go to waste. We want that man singing until his vocal cords can't go anymore. That's a mission. But forgive sins? That's just something you do while you're busy doing something else for God. Of course you forgive sins. But you do it while you're having a crusade, while you're having a shredder event in the parking lot, while you're in the grocery store shopping, while you're doing something else, anything else. Forgive sins can't be an entire mission, can it? Every time we turn around, we are doing one of two things. We are either eating or feeding people. We do that a lot. That's good. Jesus did it a lot, too. Sissy seems to think that I'm unreasonable because I expect more than one meal a day. So we're good at eating, and we're good at feeding. Well, when we last went to the Dorothy Day Soup Kitchen, well, anyone who goes there to cook and serve, I think they would tell you that I truly enjoy being with the guests. It's all sorts of fun uh, to get to know these people and, and to get into their lives. Now, it wasn't always that way. When we first met, they did not know me from Adam. It was hard to get one word from, Hi, I'm the pastor. Uh-huh. Is it good? Uh, Now it's a little different than that. Now they know me from Adam and Eve. Trust is built over time. And that trust is them. uh, To the point where they'll start picking at each other. And then they'll start picking on me. And I'll start picking back. Most of the time, we are laughing so hard and so loud that I wonder why Fran doesn't crack my knuckles and, with a ruler and shush me like a librarian. Well, this past visit, I had been visiting with the people, and I returned to the serving line to see how they were doing, and Fran asked me, how do you do that? And I gave her a quick answer. I said, it's easy, all you have to do is love them. It was a quick answer, but it was a bad answer. It implied, first of all, that the person, Fran, who asked the question didn't love them as much as I do, and nothing could be further from the truth. I have also since apologized to her, and she said, I didn't think that at all. And I said, well, I did. Why does it mean so much to me to be with these people? It's just conversation and laughter. So why is it such a big deal? Well, the answer actually came to me while I was preparing this sermon. And I read of Jesus just suddenly... Appearing. When I am with these needy children of God, I am touching wounded hands. I am touching the very place where a spear was thrust into Jesus' side. I am there to offer them Christ's love, but I am convinced that I always walk away with more of it than I gave away. Among those struggling, some of them addicted, hurting, beautiful people, I am always surprised when Jesus shows up in our midst And I believe, I believe just a little more because of that visit. Where are you surprised by Jesus? I have been surprised by Jesus in cemeteries and beside hospital beds. I have been surprised by Jesus at family reunions. I have been surprised by Jesus appearing at some of the hardest and darkest times in people's lives. And my goodness, once or twice I've been surprised when Jesus appeared in church. Yes, gospel truth, even in church. What a quiet Pentecost. Receive the Holy Spirit, forgive sins. That was it. There's no need to call the police for crowd control there. There's no need to call the news reporters for their story. There's no movie director buying the, the rights to this scene. Receive the Holy Spirit, Forgive sins. Kind of reminds me of another time Jesus said something similar. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Do you think this Pentecost story might be more important than we realize? Amen.